Ephesians chapter 1. We are looking at verses 3 through 6a. We're actually looking at verse 3, but it's all in context. Please follow in the reading of the Word of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundations of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us to the adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intentions of His will. So to the praise and glory of His grace. Let's pray. Father, teach us today this amazing text so that we may understand. Father, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. And Father, what you have given to the Apostle Paul that he has shared with us is the Trinity's plan before creation in eternity past. Help us, Lord, to take great comfort and counsel from this. But, Father, help us be overwhelmed with the resources that every child of God possesses now. To you, my King, my Lord, my Savior, in Christ's name. We are looking at this part. It's actually part one of two parts in these verses 3 through 6a. But the truth of the matter is... It is one sentence that begins in verse 3 and goes through 14. 202 words. But he starts it off with praise. Because when he starts looking at the throne room of God before creation. And says, here's what the God's master plan is. You know, we need to stop and take a big deep breath on that one. Because people can ask you, when were you saved? And I can smile at him and say, before the foundations of the world, he already knew who I was. Before he ever threw a star into the heavens. That should bring some comfort to somebody. But the problem is today, very few in the evangelical church even are aware of that. So Paul starts it off because of this sentence he's getting ready to rattle off. He starts it off with praising. He gives a doxology. And we started off with the blessed one is God. That's the word we get eulogy from. That means to speak well of someone. So we speak well of God. He is the blessed one. There is only one good. God the Father. But we also see that he is the blesser. Because he is good, he blesses us. All right, which brings me to number C is that it is to the believers who are blessed. So you have he who is spoke well of in an action blessing those who are his believers. What did he bless us with? We looked at this last week with everything. He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Which means you know what you're missing? Nothing. It's all there. I try to explain to people now, but you get this deer in a headlights look on their face. You are as holy right now as you're ever going to be. But you also have to understand you are an earthen vessel with a precious treasure inside. 
Which will bring me to what we're going to look at now. The locations of these blessings. Now, if you look in your text, there at the end of verse 3, you'll see the word places is in italics. Okay? The reason that it's in italics is that it's not in the original manuscript. So the text actually reads, Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly in Christ. All right? So when I watch this, we have to be aware of the incredible resources that every child of God already possesses. This is all past tense. Why is it we act like we're trying to get it? When you already possess it, I shared with you last week, I watch people who will pray for things that you already possess. All right. Where are the blessings in the heavenlies? All right, here you go. When Adam sinned, okay, at that point in time, Adam and Eve were in charge of the planet Earth. They had dominion over the planet Earth. Upon Adam's sin, he signed that right over to Lucifer. All right. From that time on, Lucifer is driving the bus. All right. Everybody's up on that. All right. So we got that all figured out. So that's what we're dealing with right now. Well, let me take you into the future a little bit. Okay. Revelations chapter 5. I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look unto it. One of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. Okay, what he is describing there is what was common in the Roman culture of a title deed. It's written on the front and the back, and every time it rolls up, they seal it, and then they roll it up again, they seal it, and they roll it up again, and they seal it. So it was the title deed. To what? Well, where is... He's going to come back. Jesus on the cross, when he said, it is really close to being finished? No. He said, it is finished. Guess what? Where is the title deed now? It's in heaven. It has to be open so that the person who owns it can take control of it. That's coming in the future. So when I think about the heavenlies, people immediately want to say, well, it's all of these blessings are in heaven. Well, you know what? There are a whole bunch of blessings in heaven. I don't ever want to downplay that. But how is it that I can look at what I looked at last week and it's all past tense and it says that you now have them? Why? Because who has 
the title deed of creation. Jesus does. Jesus does. So where are these? Well, people will say a lot. If you read the commentators, they'll say they're in heaven. And you know what? I believe heaven is included. But if I look at the focus of what Paul's doing and the context, I have to conclude that it is only the supernatural world of God. Wherever that's at. So when you think that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessings in the supernatural domain of God. Now, the domain of God. Uh, I, one writer said it is the divine realm. The divine realm. Now, I've got to show you some things. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, many of you know this text. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against powers and against world forces of this darkness and against spiritual forces of wickedness. Where? In the heavenlies. All right. Again, that is the realm of the supernatural. Now, I want you to keep that in mind. We throw around any more miracle and uh, supernatural for just about anything. All right. I mean, the Cubs won the World Series. That is a miraculous supernatural event. Okay. But you, you see things like this all the time. That, and we just throw it around. I don't like it when we do that. Because when I think about the realm of the supernatural, I think about the realm of the supernatural. It is beyond nature. It is supernatural. All right? Our fight is against those in the realm of the supernatural. If you look at uh, the domain of the supernatural, if you look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, Chapter 3, verse 20. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly await for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Here's what, here's what we struggle with. Okay. And I know you struggle with it. I struggle with it. There's times I'm cooking with Crisco. I got no problem. And I'm moving right along. And then all of a sudden, a reality hits me and I'm worse, stuck in this place. All right. I see the heartache that this world administers. It does it daily. Moment by moment. You see it all the time. We are not just passing through this place. Our citizenship is in heaven. But we're stuck here. We're not just passing through the planet Earth. But we are also in the divine realm, the domain of God, right now. You are in it. The reason... You and I can understand the supernatural is because of what Jesus Christ has done. Paul told us in Corinthians, remember? Natural man does not understand the things of God. 
All right. He doesn't grasp it. He just doesn't grasp it. I mean, I listen to what you see in our society right now is science is always trying to prove the supernatural. Well, you can't. It's a one time event. And unless he does it again, you got no proof of it. See, science has to come up with a hypothesis, but then they have to repeat it to make it a fact. And if you can't repeat it, then it ain't a fact. It's just a theory. Well, think about supernatural. You know, because I remember a guy one time said, well, what happened when Pharaoh's army was drowned, that it wasn't the Red Sea. That was a misinterpretation. It was the Reed Sea. And it was that lowland swamp. And I smiled at him. I says, well, that's even bigger. And he says, what do you mean? I says, that means that Pharaoh's army got drowned in three inches of water. Figure that one out. Either way, it's still supernatural. See, these are the kinds of things that, you know what? No, I, if you fly south over across the southwest, okay, you can look and see where the water receded. I went to the Ural Sea. It's landlocked. It's completely landlocked. Guess what? It's salt water and there's no feeder to it. It isn't because there's a salt deposit in the bottom of it. It's salt water. I went to the Caspian Sea. Guess what? There's navies on it. Iran has naval ships and tanker ships. This thing is massive. Guess what? Landlocked. There's no incoming to it. Guess what? It's salt water. Where did that come from? Oh, well, if I cover this sucker up with water, there's going to be puddles. See what I'm trying to get at? Well, you can't cover this thing up with water. Really? <laughs> That's so funny. You know, this ball spins. Okay, now, I, I, I mountain balance motorcycle tires. And you have to balance them. Okay, if, if you've ever driven in a car or something with that out-of-balance tire, there's no doubt in your mind. Okay? And it usually wears your tire out really fast. So it, that means that this stupid globe is balanced. All right? Now, there's two things on this planet that take up the most space. One is water. One is dirt. All right? So those things have to be equally balanced so the thing don't wobble. Well, let me ask you a simple question. Which one has the largest volume, water or dirt? I don't have any problem whatsoever with this thing being covered up. So do you see what I'm trying to get at? It's a supernatural act that people say, well, that's impossible. It would be if you based it on nature. But if I base it on the supernatural, it's not. That is the dominion that you and I live in. We have the ability to understand this because natural man cannot understand this. Now then, I'm going to make this as simple as I can. I'll let Jesus do the explaining.
All right. Why can't natural man get a handle on the supernatural? Jesus is telling a parable in Luke's gospel, chapter 16. And it is about the unkind servant, uh, the unworthy servant. And he starts negotiating all these deals that, uh, with his master's debtors so that he can come up with some cash. And he cutting their bills in half so that he, they will let him stay with him when his master kicks him out and fires him. All right. Here's what happened. Verse 8. And his master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted shrewdly. Okay. For the sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of light. All right. Why can't they understand it? Because they are of this earth. They are children of this world. They are following the father of lies. Spiritual warfare is truth versus a lie. All right? We, who are believers, have been transformed into God's kingdom, the kingdom of His Son. That has already happened. Okay? Colossians chapter 3 says that our minds have moved, ascended to the, guess where? Heavenlies. Again, where are the heavenlies? Is that heaven? It's included. But the heavenly is the dominion of God. Our citizenship is there. Now, you got to kind of get a handle on this. All right. We exist in both on the planet Earth and in the kingdom of heaven. Right now, you do. We are passing through this world. We are passing through. We are existing also, at the same time that we're going through this world in the dominion of the divine. I'm in his domain now. The domain of the supernatural. We are here on earth, yet we are citizens of heaven. Let, let me see if I can illustrate this. I've traveled internationally. Okay. When I leave the country... I take a United States passport, all right? And it doesn't matter whether I go to Israel, whether I go to England or, or Germany or Russia. Wherever I go, I take this passport. Wherever I go, whatever land that I am traveling in, it no matter the land that I travel in, it never, ever changes my citizenship. I am still a United States citizen at all times, no matter what part of this ball I'm on. We right now have every right and privilege that belongs to a citizen of heaven. 
When I leave the country, I have every right and privilege that belongs to a United States citizen. Now that I'm in the do domain of God, I have every right right now of every citizen of heaven. Those who have gone on, those that are awaiting. Our life is in the supernatural communion with God. That's how we can pray. That's how we can be sensitive to when God answers the prayers. It's always the same. Listen, we have to understand the realm of heaven. That is where our father is. We have to understand that is where our home is. Why is it we get so hung up here? My home is in heaven. I'm a citizen right now of heaven. That is where my Savior is. That is where my friends are. That's where my loved ones are. You know what? That is where our names are written. You know what is so amazing about that? I'm glad you're sitting down. You may want to grab a hold of the side of your chair. That is where every single one of our thrones are. It's in the heavenlies that we live. Listen, we're trapped. Yes, there is tension of being a heavenly citizen and an earthly path sojourner. Yeah, there is. But you know what the Apostle Paul said? I'm convinced that the suffering of this age can't compare. I, I, if you could just get a handle on this. I hear people say, well, I'm, I, I believe. Okay, but if you look at them, they look like a citizen of the world. I believe. Okay, you know what, Jesus he says, you must be a follower. So he hung out here in his earthen vessel, went through this place for 33 years. And then where did he go? To the right hand of the father. Let me ask you a question. Who are you following? There's only two. There's only two. Who are you following? Are you like your king? Are you followers of your king? Listen, the king, think about it from this perspective. The king has the right to rule. He still is king. And even when he's traveling, if he leaves his throne to deal with the proverbial commoners, he's still king. And he will return to his throne. Okay, now we look at Jesus and we say, all right, he's king, Lord of lords, king of kings. I got it. I got it. The divine birthright. I see it. It's all okay. It's all good. It's all good. I got it. Got it. Preacher, you got it covered. Okay, if you got it covered, I want you to ask yourself this question. He's king. We profess that we are followers of the king. All right. What do you do with this verse? 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus. What do you do with that one? Because read it. It's all past tense. He's not waiting to seat us in heaven. He has done it. Got it? We are kings. We are walking on this earth. Someday we'll go back home. And when we go back home, our throne is and will be seated with Christ. We are already seated. You know what that means to me? That thing is good as done. That is good as done. So when you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, do you realize what you have? We are citizens of an eternal kingdom. We belong there. Everything we love is there. And yet we are trapped. We are in this tension of the earthly and the heavenlies. Now, grab this because this will affect you in every breath you take from here on out. The Apostle Paul is writing this. This is one of the prison epistles. He's under arrest for preaching the gospel. This is why the Apostle Paul could say, I am sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. I am poor, but I make many rich. I have nothing, yet I have everything. I am troubled on all sides and not crushed. I am perplexed, but I am not despairing. I am cast down, but not destroyed. Why? Because he knows that he's already, past tense, been seated in a throne with Christ. So really, whatever happens here is minimal. Is minimal. That is the tensions of the two worlds. You may have nothing. You may be poor in this world. But you only are a possessor of the riches of heaven. You only are a possessor of the riches of the domain of God. You are joint heirs with Christ. So you only own whatever Jesus owns. Listen, I got news for you guys. That's beyond explanation. I can't wrap my head around that. Past tense. It's like I shared with you last week. You have been blessed. Past tense. You have been given everything you need for life and godliness. Past tense. And yet we struggle. Why? Here's what we struggle with. All right? How do I get this stuff, this supernatural stuff, and how do I pull it down to where I can use it? You know, get my greasy little hands on it. 
How do I use this thing? It's like having the world's best tool set and you can't unlock the cabinet. How do I get that thing? Thought you'd never ask. I have the answer. But I have to give you a contrast. All right? Galatians chapter 5. Beginning at verse 16. I say, walk by the Spirit. You will not carry out the desires of the flesh. No problem. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit. And the Spirit against the flesh. Okay, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a conflict. And it's, it's a two-way conflict. The spirit don't like the flesh. The flesh don't like the spirit. For the flesh sets its desires against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. Okay, that's where that thing that we all love that's stuck between our ears that only we have access to. Our conscience. That's where that little playground takes place. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now listen, look what he lays out next. All right? The deeds of the flesh are evident. Which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, Enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of angers, disputes, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen anybody had to go practice to do any of those? Or do they just come naturally? Right? Look at them. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry. Who has taught our children to idolize? Oh, wait. It's our nature. It's our flesh. Sorcery is the word pharmakeo. That's the word we get pharmacies from, pharmaceutical. So when you think about sorcery, people say, oh, people are doing magic. No, they're getting stoned. Well, it's, it's true. Uh, you, you just, people get stoned. Why? It changes their perspective. And, and that's what I try to tell everybody. I, background that I came out of, I know exactly what it was. I could go smoke a doobie, do a line, fire up something, do whatever I want to do. So I could just throw my morals out the window. And I'm 12 feet tall, best looking guy on the planet and immortal. That's why they do it. If you walk by the Spirit, the Spirit of God will produce everything you need. And that was what the contrast says. Those who practice these things, those who practice the things of the flesh will not inherit the kingdom. So I see a lot of people tell me they're believers. I hear a lot of people tell me they've got faith. But I've got to ask you a question. Who are you following? 
Who are you following? Because if you have a pattern in your life that you're following the flesh, guess what? Maybe you've deceived yourself. Jeremiah said the heart is wicked and deceptive. Who can discern it? Because, see, he gives you the contrast there in verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, you know what? You take that verse right there, those two verses right there. Those are not natural to humanity anywhere at any time. You do not possess agape love. But God pours his love into our hearts by the person of who? The Spirit. Joy, peace. See, we want happiness. Happiness is based on happenstance. Joy can never be taken. It's supernatural. When you compare the two, the the looking of the flesh, its fruit is evident, and then you look at the Spirit, You know what you're looking at? Supernatural. This is already there. The only thing we have to do is what? Walk in the Spirit. That's why Paul says we pray without ceasing. That's why Paul says, you know what? I hide the word in my heart. Renew your mind. He told the Romans, don't be conformed to this anymore. Why? Because there's a throne in heaven with your name on it. Act like it. Don't let the flesh control you. And it's easy. When you get... Anybody here been bitter? Ever been bitter? No? Oh, guys, you guys are good. Well, if you ever walk into bitterness in a dark alley, know that you're walking in the flesh. If you ain't got patience, you know what you're doing? What about gentleness? You know, and it's just like love, agape love, agapo. I love you regardless, period. And I'm not expecting anything in return from you. That's not natural to us. It has never been natural to us. We, sit, we throw it around all the time. But there's a reason that the Greek text has 23 words for love. We got one word. I love my dog, my grandma, and my aunt all the same. Let's hope not. And yet, we still struggle with that self-sacrificing love that says, it is never about me. If I walk in the Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, remember, we're looking at the plan, the master plan of the Trinity before the foundations of the earth. And if I walk in the Spirit, I will have everything I need. I will have love. I will have joy. I will have peace. I will have gentleness. I will have meekness. I will have self-control. I will have faithfulness. I will have goodness. And all I have to do is get on the plan.
That is pulling all the riches right now that are as every believer, every follower of Jesus Christ, right now, you have access to that. But you've got to walk in the Spirit. You've got to walk in the Spirit. It's like I thought last week. How many times do I hear people praying for things you already have? You know what you tell me when you do that? I haven't read. I don't know what this thing says. Because when you know what this says, all I have to do is walk in the Spirit and I already have peace. I can have joy. Gentleness. I don't have to worry about bitterness. I don't have to worry about idolatry. I don't have to worry about any of those things. See what it means to be blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. And you know what's so cool about it? He put an ED on the end of it. You have been blessed. Sorry there. That's a done deal. It's like I got this Christmas present and I just keep it wrapped under the tree. You ever seen kids do that? Ain't no kid on the planet that's going, I'm not going to even touch that thing. And yet I see so many in the body of Christ right now who've got this present from God. It's every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies and they keep it under the tree. Or they've deceived themselves and they're not his. Because it's easy to spot the flesh. It's, I mean, why? Look around. It's everywhere. What's amazing is when you find a saint who's walking in the spirit and you see the peace and the joy that surpasses understanding. It's guarding their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And they have a love that just almost annoys you. Then it's fun. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. I'm almost done. That is present in every follower of Jesus Christ. Right now. I have traveled a lot of different countries. And and in some of them, Azerbaijan and Russia and places like that. I, I don't know the language. I mean, I, I, can, I know how to find a bathroom. I can get a cab. Um, and I can say thank you or hello or no thank you or, you know, you're welcome or whatever. So, I mean, my Russian language is almost as good as my American. But anyway, one of the things I have noticed, whether it was the Assyrian people, whether it was the Russian people, uh, with some Germans that I run into, uh, and even in England, is that when you run into a Christian, there was no doubt in your mind what you were dealing with. You know why? Because of the love, the joy, the peace, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the goodness, and the self-control. And because those are not of our nature. And it didn't matter where I was. I may not even be able to speak to them. But you knew it. You, you knew it right away. I mean, um, there was a lady in uh, Oriel, Russia. Luba. Um, 
<laughs> she's kind of a big gal. We'll use that phrase. Okay. <clears throat> and she cooked for me. Three meals a day. You know, and I was teaching all day long, but she cooked for me. Uh, they had uh, gone out and bought all of this Russian stuff. And, and, you know, I'd go wandering in there in the morning. They don't have, the only coffee they have is instant. Uh, it's actually Nescafe. That's what my, I remember my mom and dad used to drink Nescafe. After about a week of it, it tastes really good, though. Because they're, 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 they're big into chai, tea. Uh, although I did have some Turkish tea once that it, it jacked you up, man. It'd be a little glass of it. Whoa. <laughs> but anyway, Nescafe. I knew what Nescafe was. I could say it. And every morning I'd go in to get me my morning cup of Nescafe. And Lou would be sitting there with her big old apron on, this big grin, smile, and go, Eat! And then if I find, <laughs> her English was about as good as my Russian. But uh, I said, yeah. And she would come out with this massive thing. How many people are eating? I mean, it was a best that I can call it like a Russian pancake. I, I, one of the things I've learned traveling international, don't ask. Don't ask what it is. Just eat it. Okay? Because... They may tell you what it is, and it may ruin your day. Okay, so there's... Because I had some soup in Azerbaijan, and I still don't know what they did to me. Because one time I had it, and it wasn't bad. It had onions in it, but it looked like mayonnaise. But uh, it didn't taste like mayonnaise. But one time I had it, and it was warm. And one time I had it, and it was cold. And I was like, oh... <laughs> what did they just do to me? Okay, so, uh, and then I did have a, uh, okay, in Azerbaijan, at a Lebanese restaurant, I had a burrito. So, and I was not even going to ask what's in it, because I, that probably goat. So, uh, ugh. But one of the things that was always true to all of them is that they were knocking themselves out. Make sure you had need of nothing. And, and I still get emails from all of them now. That, uh, you know, if someone's sick, could you pray for um, Luba's husband? Could you pray for Alexander, Sasha? Uh, well, there's a couple of them that didn't care much for me, but that's fine. But you see what I mean? That is not of our nature. We're foreigners. I remember talking to a guy, Dimitri, and he was a security officer on a nuclear submarine who used to follow around our fleets. And if we tried to do something hostile, they were supposed to sink us. That's what I grew up with. I remember when they did drills in school. If there's a nuclear blast, crawl under your desk. Why? <laughs> That's, you know, so you and your desk will become one. I I never did understand that. My desk is wood. You know what a fireball out of a nuclear weapon does? Okay, poofta. <laughs> but this was this was our their culture and our culture. So the apostle Paul says that I can be crushed but never destroyed. So I says I can be sorrowful yet always rejoicing. 
That's why I can, I can be absolutely dirt poor and make others rich. Why? Because he knew he had a throne in heaven. And he was a follower of his king. Ask yourself a question. Are you a follower of the king? Or are you a follower of the world? It's easy to see. The world's all around me. All the spiritual blessing in the heavenlies are right now at a believer's disposal. Let's go forward from here exercising these. Father, we come before you, the author and the finisher. Lord, I get excited when I look at heaven. I get excited about what awaits us. But Father, as I look at this text, it is very apparent to me that the church is lacking in utilizing its resources that you have given us before the foundations of your creation. Hmm. We have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly. The domain of the king. Father, may we be found faithful. Walking to your glory. Walking to your praise. Help us, Lord. Help us to have ears to hear you. Help us to have eyes to see as you see. But Father, help our hearts to be wide open to the amazement of the King of kings and Lord of lords. We love you, my King. May our love grow with every breath you grace us till that day our faith becomes sight. To your glory and praise. Amen.